How's everyone doing? Good? So yeah, I'm a little bit not up to par. My knee, so I tore my meniscus in my knee a couple weeks back, so I can't straighten it at all. I'm not in pain, so don't worry. I'm not in pain. I just look kind of like a flamingo. So I don't know if I'm going to use the chair or not. We'll see. I'm a pacer normally, so it's a little bit hard, but if you see like my wobble intensify, you know I'm really passionate. So um, yeah, I'm so excited to be here, you guys. Like I grew up in this church, you know, and it's, it's amazing to be on the other side. Um, and everything that Tim said, like, it's, it's, it's just such an honor, Tim. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity um, for a pastor to just give it up. You know, that's, that it takes a certain heart. It takes a certain uh, selflessness that you carry. And, and like, like you said, like, when, when I was going through the court stuff, this is 11, 12 years ago, you were there right by my side. And you, you were a dad to me. Like, you, I would consider you the closest thing to an earthly dad that I have. So I just, I just love you so much, and I want to thank you for this. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just going to kind of share a little bit of my story, um, where, I, where I was the last few years, and, and even going earlier back, and um, just tie it all in with, with redemption, you know, redemption, the redemption of Jesus is the most beautiful thing you could ever see in someone's life. When you can see someone that was broken and they're in the kingdom of darkness, essentially, and to see them completely transformed, and I've seen this with many of my friends, with myself, with so many people, and you see the transformation of Jesus, it's like the most beautiful, tangible thing. And um, I really believe there's some of you in here today that your redemption um, is going to start as well. Um, so, a couple years ago, um, four years ago, I did a YWAM. Uh, YWAMers in the house? Yeah, well, there's quite a few of you. Um, and then I, I did that in Herrenhut, Germany. Um, my outreach was in China. And then afterwards, I decided to do BSSM, which is down in Bethel Church in Redding, California. Dalen Block, I see you. Shout out, bro. Uh, he did first year with me as well. Um, so, yeah, it was like the most transforming thing of my life. Honestly, the last four years of my life have been just insane. Like people are like, Cody, what, what was the best part of going to Bethel? Or what was the best part of this? And I, I don't really have an answer for it. All I have is an experience. And all I have is a before and after shot of, of how I view myself, how I view humanity, how I view this world. And it completely is just 180 degree difference. Um, so I did three years at Bethel, did first and second year. Um, it's kind of a broader, you know, they train you. Um, you're in a, a class with a thousand people. And then I did my third year, which is an internship, so it's more specified. So I interned in first year, so I helped pastor uh, first year BSSM students. And um, if you would have seen me 10 years ago, you would have said, this guy is never going to pastor a person in his life. Um, I was, it was, it was, I, I had a hard time growing up. I really did. And... Um, so going back to when I was about, you know, 10, 11, 12, I, I grew up, and, and my mom is amazing. I see her now. I was looking for her earlier. That's my mom in the white over there. She isn't, she's really shy, but she's amazing. I wouldn't be here today without her beautiful, beautiful mother. Um, and so I grew up, and, and, and I grew up, and my, my parents were never together. Um, and so I would see my dad on the weekends, and then I would live with my mom during the week. And um, eventually, I'm just going to ditch this crutch. I don't like it. <laughs> and so um, then I was, just, I was just in this place of, you know, just living the childhood dream and, and doing my thing, going to school, you know, playing video games, watching movies. 
Um, and I remember, like, so the past between my mom and dad wasn't the most healthy thing. It was, it was, I don't know the full extent of it, but it was just very abusive. And my mom had noticed that some of those things that my, my dad had done to her, he was showing those same symptoms towards me because I was growing up. I was getting more, you know, uh, no, I don't want to do that, and kind of in his face. And so... Um, she, she made the decision when I was, I believe, 12 years old to actually get a restraining order against my dad. And um, I remember the moment she walked into my room, and I think I was playing video games, and I was just, she's like, hey, Cody, um, can you please pause that? I have something serious to tell you. I was like, okay, mom. And so I paused, and I'm like, what's up? And she's like, I know this might be really hard, but I want you to know that you're actually not going to be able to see your dad anymore. Um, and, and, you're, and, I, and I remember at that moment, for me, it was easier to suppress the emotions and to not feel anything at all to, than to feel the pain that would have been attached to that situation. So I looked at her, and all I remember saying was, okay, okay. And then I turned my face again, and I pressed my game, and I started playing my game again. And that was the, the catalytic moment where I was like, I'm, I'm hardening my heart. You know, I don't want to feel the pain of, of not seeing my dad again. I don't want to feel the pain of this situation, this thing that's going on in my life. I'd rather just live my life without that. So that's what I did. So that started there. And then every single situation that would come my way that was difficult, I would just be like, nope, I'm not going to feel that. No, I'm not going to feel that. No, I'm not going to feel that. And eventually my heart just became so hard and so cold that I didn't feel anything at all. I really, I couldn't, I couldn't feel love. I couldn't feel joy. I couldn't feel peace. I was in constant anxiety. I actually missed half of high school because I was so anxious because it would actually cause physical sickness in my body because I had no peace at all. And I would look in the mirror and I would hate what I looked at. And I I came to this place of just complete and utter hatred. And actually, the one thing that's crazy in that situation is I loved the feeling of hate. I actually loved it. And I, I would start to go to hardcore and metal shows and I would go and I would just beat people up because it was socially acceptable in those settings. And I would just do it so that I could feel powerful because, you know, hatred is the counterfeit of love. You know, the, the enemy will give you something to try to make you okay with not having love. So he's like, hey, you, you don't want love. That's nonsense. That's, that's garbage. Here, let me, let me make you feel powerful. Here's some hatred. How does that make you feel? Does that make you feel good? And I, I loved it. I loved being in control. I loved being powerful. I loved being strong. And, but I was just dead inside. I felt nothing. I hated everyone. Like, I can't think of maybe my mom I loved, but that was it. Like, there was no one else that I actually felt love for. And so I would just go around, and I would just, I, I, I remember I would walk around in the streets, and I just wore all black, um, and I would just go with my, my fists clenched, and I would just walk around. And I was just, I was so angry, and I was just looking to, to fight. I was just looking for someone to look at me wrong, because I was just this, this I wanted to be powerful. Um, and, and it's just, it was so hard for me, but I, I continued to actually go to church, which is the funny thing. Um, I actually decided, you know what, God, if you're good, like it says you are in here, if you're love, if you're joy, why do I feel this way? Like, this isn't, this isn't who you are. So, and I'm, I'm, I've given it a shot. Like, I'm trying to do this thing, but it's not working for me. So if you're actually good, even if you are God, you're not good. I don't believe you're good because if you're good, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't feel the way that I feel right now. And so I blocked that out and I turned away from God. But the crazy thing is I was so logical that I'd experienced like supernatural things. Like I'd, I've had crazy experiences with God before this point. 
And so I had to use a rationale in my mind to actually be like, oh, that's why that happened. You know, I had to make another reasoning behind that. So I, I turned to like, I was creating my own reality as I lived it type thing. So I was like, oh yeah, my mind just created that miracle in front of me as I did it, you know, so, which is just as ridiculous as anything else, right? But it was the enemy just trying to use my logic in my mind because my heart, my heart was so hardened, it all just went to my mind. It was everything was up here. That's all it was. It was just, okay, how can this benefit me? Okay, what situation can I get the most out of? And it was just selfishness. I became so selfish. Every situation, everything that was around me was, how can it benefit me? How can this make me feel good? Um, and so I just, I, I just was at this place of everything was in my mind. And I feel like tonight, God wants to actually transfer a lot of, a lot of you come in here and you, you come in, you sit down, you hear a message, you go to worship and you leave exactly the same. And it's like, yeah, maybe you retained a little bit of knowledge, but I feel like tonight God wants to, he wants to take that knowledge from your head and he wants to bring it into your heart. And, and if your heart is hardened, if your heart is, you know, if you're at that place, if you've been through hard things, I'm so sorry. I want you to know that God is so sorry for what happened in your life. And he didn't want that to happen. Yo, I blame God for those things. But the enemy comes to seek, kill, and destroy. And he comes to bring life and life eternally, it says in John 10, 10. But I didn't realize that. I was like, God, you know, you're the cause of everything in this. Um, and so I, I just feel like tonight God wants, he doesn't, he doesn't want you to just get more knowledge about him. You know, knowledge is useless if you have no experience of what that knowledge comes from. And so I really feel like God wants to touch your heart today, guys. Like he wants to impact you in a way you never thought possible before. You know, and there's some of you in here, you've experienced great depths of God's love. And some of you, you, have, you haven't even, you've, 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 you might even be here and you've never experienced it before or you don't even believe in God and that's totally fine. Like you're so welcome here and we love that you're here. Um, but God wants to, he wants to scrape that hardness away and he wants to come in and he wants to impact you in such a powerful way that you'll remember. You'll remember that time that you experienced him for the first time or you experienced him. Like even if you've experienced him like in crazy amounts, the thing is there's always more. There's always more. There's never, a, there's never a ceasing amount. And you could have seen the most crazy things. You could have seen the dead raised. You could have seen every miracle in the book. You could have this crazy intimacy with the Father, but he's like, you've barely scratched the surface yet. That's the reality we live in, guys. We live with an unfathomable God. And so it goes back to the mind thing of, I'm trying to explain God, you know, in my, in my logic, in my reasoning. I'm like, oh God, why is it this, this way? Or this doesn't make sense. This contradicts this. So you must not be real. So it's all went back to my selfish, the mind. And I, I feel like, you know what? Your mind is beautiful if it's partnered with your heart. So if you can partner your mind and your intellect and your intelligence with your heart and the experience of the relationship with Jesus, like that's the duo. That's the powerful thing where you are, you're able to articulate the things that the Lord is doing in your life. So I got a lot off track there, but here we go. Um, I'm really thirsty. One sec. So in this situation, um, I'm just, I'm just, I have nowhere to go. I really don't. And I, but I keep going to church. That's the thing, you know, it's kind of expected of me. Um, my friends were there, and so I just kept going, but the Lord, little by little, it wasn't like a boom, 
your completely transformed thing. But it was like, here, Cody, let me take this little piece of your hardness. Cody, let me take this piece of your brokenness. Cody, let me take this piece of, of you being mad at me. And so piece by piece by piece by piece, he was taking these things off. And eventually, I noticed my emotions were getting more and more and more in depth. And I was actually accepting the emotions that were attached. And I was, I was like, it's actually okay to not be okay. You guys know that. Like, you don't have to be okay all of the time. And I think in our culture, it's this thing of like, I need to have it all together. Even if, if you're in leadership, if you're in any realm of, of authority, or even just as a student or anything, you're just like, it's, it's weak to, be, to not be okay. And we've created this thing in our culture where it's like, you know what, I'm doing my thing, you're doing your thing, you look like you're doing all right, you know, you're probably a five out of ten on the scale of how you're doing, but, you know, that's good enough for me. And we stay out of each other's lives, but I want you guys to know that be open. You know, emotions are beautiful. We have an emotional God, like he actually created those things. And so I got to this place where I allowed myself to feel pain and um, it's, and so the more I allowed myself to feel pain, it's like this, the more that he could come in. And even um, fast forwarding a little bit to my third year at Bethel. So this was like a few months ago. I, had, I would always look at my past as the standard by which I was growing. So in my, like, for example, the hardness of my heart, I would look to my past. And I'd be like, oh, you know what? You were so bad back there. Like, Cody, you were a mess. But, and you're so much better right now. But that would actually instill this place of complacency in my heart where it was like I was okay with being better than I was, but I wasn't okay with moving forward. And so I was using the past as my standard for growth instead of Jesus as my standard for growth. And so I want you guys to know that there's some of you in here and you've become complacent in your heart. And you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm doing, or maybe I'm doing better than this guy next to me. Maybe I'm doing better than that friend. Maybe I'm doing better than that family member. But your friends, your family members, your past, the things that you've gone through aren't the standard for which you should grow. And, and the Jesus is the standard. And so everything you read about in Jesus here, the fullness, the wholeness of the gospel, that's, that's yours. That's yours for the taking. And I want you to know that you actually don't have to do anything for that. Like, that's the beauty of the gospel. You don't need to perform. You don't need to muster up your own strength to actually get, to get love, to be loved by God. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be on this stage with a microphone. You don't have to be going out and doing mission service. And I mean, these things are great, but God loves you the same as if you were working in a cubicle nine to five than he does as if you're the person standing on the stage, as if you're the person that's, that's homeless on the streets, that's looking for their next meal. The love never changes. It's an unceasing love that's always growing, and he just wants more of you guys. That's all he wants. He just wants yieldedness. He just wants connection. He just wants awareness. That's all he wants. He just wants, he wants you to lay down your life and just be like, God, I give it to you. Like we were singing this song earlier. God, I give it all to you. What does that mean? Like as Paul is saying, like to trust God with that is huge. What does that mean? God, I lay it all, everything even my dreams, even my desires, even these things in my heart, God, I lay them all down for you. And if you're calling me to do something, if I hear your still small whisper, I'm going to actually go and do that. And, and this is something I'm working on too. I'm working on trusting God. I'm working on trusting Jesus. And I just, I, I, we're all growing in this, guys. We're all in it together. And it's, it's actually exciting. Like our relationship with Jesus is an adventure, I, I just feel like God just wants you to know, like, it's an adventure and it's fun. 
God is so fun, you guys. Like, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. And so often it's like we look at Christianity and we see our past and we see these people and they're, they're just so serious all the time. And that's what, like, the, the world has put a label on Christianity is like the boring religion with the rules and the laws that we have to follow. But the thing is, God, like, he, of course those rules and laws are in place, but it's only so that we won't harm ourselves. Like, it's like that's what sin is. So if um, you can put up the slide for the, the John, I just want to read about the, the woman caught in adultery. Um, and, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple's courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery, They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started writing on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. And what I, what I, this is just such a beautiful picture of, of the gospel like Jesus, he's, he's, he actually probably feels the pain that this woman is in. Like he's 100% God, he's 100% man, and he feels like this, this woman is in adultery. She's just trying to cope with the pain in her life. Like she has a lifestyle of going to men to cope with the pain. And so Jesus can feel that. Like he can feel the heart of humanity. He can feel the pain of humanity. And he looks at her and he says, I do not condemn you. I do not condemn you. None of you in this room are condemned for anything that you've done. It doesn't matter what you've done. There's no punishment. That's what condemnation is. It's punishment. God is not going to punish you for the things that you've done. He wants to love that out of you. And so he says, go and sin, go and sin no more. And so what are the effects of sin? Essentially, sin is hurting yourself. Like, that's what it is. It's separating yourself from God, and it's, it's, it's causing pain on yourself. And, it's, it's, and sometimes we feel like, you know, it's fun. It's the fun thing to do. You know, I feel so much better when I go do this or when I go do this. But in the long run, if you're really real with yourself, you'll understand that it's hurting you. And Jesus is going, and he's, he looks at this woman who's caught in this sinful lifestyle, and he says, go and hurt yourself no more. I don't want to feel like he, he feels the pain that she's in and he empathizes with her. And he says, I don't want, I want you to not feel this pain anymore. Go and hurt yourself no longer. And I think this is the beauty of the gospel, you guys. Like he doesn't want you to be in pain. He wants to free you guys of your life and uh, free you guys of your sinful like lifestyle or just the things, the complacency, the things, the situations, the, the things that are going on in your lives. And so to backtrack a little to my story, it's like that process, God was softening my heart and I allowed myself to feel pain. And so I remember in my third year, there's something happened to me again that was, it was a hard situation. And you know, the, the go-to answer that people were like, oh, just go hang out with your friends. You know, something hard happens, go hang out with your friends, distract yourself, try to, um, try to do something so you don't have to actually think of the thing that happened to you. And, uh, I actually had this advice from someone right away when this situation happened a couple months ago. And I heard God say, no, don't go distract yourself. I want you to feel this pain. 
I want you to accept this pain. I want you to be with me. And so I locked the room of my door, and I stayed in my room for three days. And I didn't, the only person I saw was my roommate. And I just allowed the pain, and it was this, you know, I thought I had, all, I had it all dealt with going into Bethel. I was, this was my third year at Bethel, guys. I had lots of healing and process that, that God was bringing me through, but I'd become complacent, and I was okay with where I was. And God's like, no, allow me to be the comforter. Because God can't be a comforter if you're not in pain. So that's the whole, like, that's a whole aspect of God that so many of us are refusing constantly is the comforter aspect because we're like, ah, no, God, I actually, I have this. It's okay. I'm just going to harden my heart a little bit more. This hard thing happened, but you know what? I don't need you to comfort me. I'm just going to not feel it all because pain is actually a direction. Like, pain is not all bad. You know, pain is something that he's directing you because he wants to fix something. So I think there's, I I allowed my heart to have this pain and it wasn't just from this situation, but all these things were coming up in my life. And I was like, yes, God, come and comfort me. And I was just weeping before the Lord. I was like, come and comfort me, come and comfort me, God. I live it, lay it all down for you. I just accept this pain for what it is. And I felt the tangible Holy Spirit just come into my room. And he, I I felt it like he, he laid on me like a blanket. And instantly, this pain, this, this, this situation just lifted. And, I, and it was almost like this veil was lifted from my eyes. And I looked up, and I was like, it's done. You know, the process for, for this situation, I've, I feel like it's done. And I got up out of my bed, and all the emotions were completely gone. And I was completely fine again. And it says, joy comes in the morning. You know, there's, the first there's mourning. Sometimes we have to mourn over losses in our lives, guys. Sometimes we have to be real that, that things suck. Things are hard. And you have to actually mourn over those things in order to have joy. That's actually, that's actually there's a step. Like, you can't just go straight from something hard happened to joy. I mean, it can work that way, but you can't just, you can't just ignore the mourning process. It's actually, it's actually biblical. It's actually something that God wants for you is to accept the pain. You cry, and then he can come in as the comforter with his joy, and he can be that light. He can be that beacon. He can be that thing that, that completely restores you. So I, I feel like tonight God's going to restore a lot of, of joy in our lives. And some of you, it's going to have to take mourning. It's going to have to, there's going to be some steps that are going to be in place where you're going to actually have to be real with yourself. And you're going to have to search your heart. And you're going to have to be like, actually, I haven't dealt with this. You know, there's this thing that I've, it might be years, it might be months, it might be decades. I don't know. But I feel like God wants to come into this room in such a tangible way. And he wants to touch each and every single one of us. He wants, to exp- he wants us to experience him. That's what it is. It's an experience with Jesus. It's, it's knowing him intimately. And I really feel that like God wants to, in Ezekiel 36, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I, I, it's, it's so true, you guys. He just wants to give you the Holy Spirit. And, and we have the Holy Spirit, but he wants you to be so aware of the fullness and the wholeness that we carry already, you guys. And um, I really just, I'm just feeling in my spirit like, God, um, I'm actually going to pray right now. I just feel like the Lord is just, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you. We're okay, we're okay with stillness. We're okay with the quiet as well, God. And we just allow you to just reveal. We pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation to come into this place. 
and that you would unveil parts of our hearts that you want to touch. Maybe parts of our hearts that, that have been hardened. Maybe parts of our hearts that we've been ignoring. God, I pray that you would reveal those things to us in this place, God, and that you would, you would come with the comforter. We invite the comforter, the Holy Spirit comforter, to come into this place and to just, to just touch our hearts, God. Jesus, Jesus, I just, I just feel like God is just, he wants to bring it back to the simple gospel. Like we, we try to overcomplicate things so many times with, you know, theological premises and atonement theologies and all of these things. And, and we get our minds wrapped up in all of these things, but I feel like he wants to wipe this slate clean and he wants to start over with a lot of us. And that's that he is love. He is love, and we were created to be in his image so that we are love, so that we can be love to the world. And so I just, I feel like God is just really wanting to pursue us. God, he, guys, he's pursuing us constantly. It's this, it's, you know, there's so many times of our day that we're just doing our routine things, and we're not even paying attention to what he's doing. And he, all he wants is an acknowledgement. All he wants, like, he's constantly, like, as I'm walking on this stage or limping, he's, he's coming behind me. He's right here. He's behind me. He's in front of me. He's to the sides of me. He's above me. He's beneath me. He's all around me. And he's just, he's just waiting to be, for us to be aware of his presence. His presence is always here. It's always just swirling around us in this beautiful, tangible presence. And in that presence is where everything is healed. In that, like you guys, the presence of God will transform your life. That's the, that's the recipe. The presence of God, that's like in a moment. All it takes is a moment and the presence of God can completely shift your life. And that's where, our, that's where our identity comes from, is in the presence of God. It's when he unveils, like, this is who I created you to be, my son. This is who I created you to be, my daughter. And it's this, like, before time was created, before anything else, it's like the Trinity was, they were making you. And they were so excited. And they were just, they're having a party. And they were just, this, it was just this joyous occasion. And that, that thing that they were so excited to create, as they created you, they never lost sight of. They've never lost sight of that purpose in your life. They've never lost sight of that promise on your life. They've never lost sight of that dream, those dreams, those things that are in your heart. They've never lost sight of that, the pure, um, the thing they were, you're created to do. That's how they see you right now. And sure, things come in the way, sin comes in the way, and it it creates this smear and it tries to separate us from God. But all it takes is a moment in the presence for that to go away. All it takes is, you know, it says, it, like, repentance is, in the Greek, is metanoia, and it means to change your mind, to change your thinking. So all it takes is a moment for you to change your thinking. Like, you're wor- walking in this direction, and you're, you're, you're hating yourself, and you're, you're dealing with all these things, but you, you realize, God, I'm aware of your presence. Transform my heart right now, Heavenly Father. And the presence will come in, and instantly, it's like, I changed my mind. I'm heading back to the light. It's not that hard, you guys. Like, there's a your mind is a battlefield, and a lot of you, it's like you're 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 having these problems and these things that are going on in your life, and you like you're thinking of every single situation that can happen and every circumstance of every situation that can happen, and you're wrapped up in your mind so much that it's just got you riling around, and you you don't know what to do with yourself. But the presence will come, and it'll bring that revelation, and instantly it'll be clear. 
and he will change your mind and the presence will, will completely fix you and heal you. And so Jesus is pursuing us, guys. He's never stopping. That's the gospel. He, he's, it doesn't matter what you do, he's gonna love you. He's gonna love you. And so I just, um, I really feel like God wanted me to um, read out this Psalm 139. Um, it's in the Passion Translation and I kind of changed it to be like a direction that he's speaking to you. Um, so if you guys wanna just close your eyes if you're comfortable with that. I'm gonna read this psalm over you, and this is, this is what he thinks about us. This is what he feels about you guys. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, this is his thoughts towards us. So God knows everything there is to know about you. He's examined your innermost being with his loving gaze. He has perceived every movement of your heart and soul and understands your every thought before it even enters your mind. He's so intimately aware of you and reads your heart like an open book. He knows all the words you are about to speak before you start a sentence. He knows every step you will take before your journey even begins. He's gone into your future to prepare the way, and in kindness, he follows behind you. He spares you from the harm of your past. With his hand of love upon your life, he imparts a father's blessing. Where can you hide from his spirit? Where can you run and hide from his face? If you go to heaven, he's there. If you go to the realm of the dead, he is there. If you fly with wings into the shining dawn, he is there. If you fly into the radiant sunset, he's there waiting for you. Wherever you go, his hand will guide you. His strength will empower you. It's impossible to disappear from him or to ask the darkness to hide you because his presence is everywhere. He brings light into your night. There's no such thing as darkness in him. The night is, to him, as bright as the day. There is no difference between the two. He formed your innermost being, shaping your delicate inside and your intricate outside. He wove them all together in your mother's womb. Everything he does is marvelously breathtaking. It's simply amazing to think about how thorough he knows you. He shaped every bone in your body, when he created you in the secret place, carefully, skillfully shaping you from nothing into something. He sees who you're created to be before you even became you. Before you have ever seen the light of day, he has planned the numbers of days for you. They are all recorded in his book. Every single moment he is thinking of you, how precious and wonderful to consider. He cherishes you constantly in his every thought. His desires towards you are more than the grains of sand on every shore. When you wake up every morning, he is still thinking of you. And then later on in that, David writes, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there is any pain, path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back into your glorious everlasting ways, the oath that brings me back to you, the path that brings me back to you. And I, I think David just, he understood the heart of God so well that this is just this beautiful, that this is what it is, guys. This is like, he sees every single moment of our life even before we live it. And he, and he wants to just, he want, like I was saying earlier, he just wants to have an adventure with us. He just wants to have a, like, he wants, like, Life is hard sometimes, 
but it's your perspective that dictates how hard that hard thing is going to be. So if you actually decide to put on eternity's perspective and to look at that situation through God's eyes, he, he looks at your life through eternity's perspective and he doesn't ever have an anxious thought. He actually doesn't ever worry about your life because he, he sees, all he sees is what you were created to be and all he sees is the beauty that's within you. Um, so I, I feel like, yeah, just, I feel like minister, like God just wants to minister to heart. So um, Michael, is Michael still around? Oh, there you are, sweet dude, of course. Um, and the, the last song, just giving it all to you. I just feel like, that's, that's the call, guys. It's just giving it all to him. And from my own life, like the redemption in my life, it's, I, I literally couldn't, I would come, I would come to Tehillah and I would stand in that back corner over there in the very back where, and it, the lights were even dimmer before. So there was no light back there. And I would have my black coat up and I would just kind of sit there. And, and it's, because I didn't want to, I don't know why I even came to be honest with you, but God, obviously God was working in my heart because he kept making me come. But I feel like God just wants to talk to hearts tonight, guys. So if you, we're going to have some prayer servants up here um, and we're just going to pray with you. And I feel like if God was tugging on your heart in certain situations, if he was speaking to you, if the Holy Spirit was revealing things to you, feel free to come up and get prayer from us um, and posture yourself however you want. There's, there's, some time here for us to just minister and to just, you know what, just to, to think about what he thinks about you, because that's where our identity comes from, is what does he think about you? He's, he sees all, he just sees who you're created to be. That's all he sees. And so he's just pleased and he's proud of every single one of you. So yeah, I just bless you guys with that in Jesus' name.